Good morning, family. Give you give God a hand, clap of praise this morning. Good morning. We get a scream over here. I love it. I love it. I love it. Welcome, welcome to the Rock Church. If you are joining us online or if you are here in this room, if I have not met you yet, my name is Ty. I'm one of the pastors here at the Rock. When it's a privilege and an honor for me to be with you all today. Before we get into today's message, though, I would love for all the servicemen and women, as well as your families, to stand up real fast. Just stand up. Stand up. Stand up. All the servicemen and women, if you served in the past, if you currently are serving, as well as those of you online, if you're somewhere safe that you can stand up, please stand to your feet. We can clap it up, clap it up. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your commitment to our country as we celebrate Independence Day weekend. Oh, man, it's a, it's a blessing, family, to be here once again. If you have been joining us for the past few weeks, we are in a series entitled Empowered. Everyone say Empowered. Empowered. An empowered series is, is exactly that. It's, it's how the Holy Spirit empowers us to live a life fulfilled that God has for us, right? A few weeks back, Pastor Darren shared a word on how we can lead well. Not just lead, but lead well. Uh, last week, Pastor Ali shared a message on how you can learn and we can know about God for ourselves. What does the, what does the gospel mean and how can you walk it out, right? Today's message is entitled, Empowered to Worship Freely. Empowered to Worship Freely. And as it says in Acts 1 it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the age. So how can we do that? The only way we can do that is to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen, amen. amen. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for today, Jesus. Thank you for this time, this opportunity, Lord, that you have given me to share your word with your people, God. May you be glorified. Holy Spirit, may you speak in and through me to minister in ways that only you can. We love you, Lord. We praise you and we thank you. And it's in your mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen and amen. I would be remiss if I did not introduce to you my family. Um, So on the screen, you'll see my my beautiful wife, Nadej, of 10 years. Um, On the screen, there it is. On the screen... My wife, Nadez, we've been married for 10 years. Um, my daughter, Arden, she is seven. My son, Cruz, is five. And then my, my other son, Rio, is on my shoulders. He's two. And the reason I show you that is because it's a package deal. If you get me, you get them. It's, it's all or nothing. And I, and I pray that, that if you ever see them, you would love on them. You would say hi to them. But that is my world. I love them dearly. And that is definitely my family. Um, as I said, I, I'm, I'm, I've been a pastor here for about seven years now. Um, but prior to coming on staff here, I consider myself an elite athlete, an elite athlete. And I, I don't say that bragging. I don't say that to be, oh, I, I'm this or that. But I, I, I played football in high school. I played football in college and did relatively well. So I got invited to many camps, um, NFL camps all over the, the nation. And I remember vividly standing in the last camp that I, or last locker room that I was in. And I was standing there and I was looking around and I saw the name plates all around on all the locker room, on all, on all the lockers. And I was seeing names, and I'm not going to say names because it doesn't matter who they were, but there were names, and I, was, I thought to myself, I reflected in that moment what it took for me to get there, right? The sacrifice and the commitment that it took me to, to, to be standing in this locker room with elite athletes that this is like the world, it's elite level in, obviously, in professional football. And in that, in that moment, I thought about the, the ice pass that I had 
that I endure. The, the sore muscles, how many of you guys know about sore muscles and ice baths? Broken fingers, broken toes, jam, dislocated thumbs. I remember, I remember days on the track when I would, I would have track workouts and I would run, I would give it everything that I had, so much so that I found myself dry heaving in the corner just trying to get away, like, hold on, fellas, let me be right back. And I'm just dry heaving in the corners, I'm, I'm dizzy, and I, I know that I gave it everything I had. Why? Because it was a lifestyle that I lived. I never drank, never smoked. Woke up every single morning at 4 o'clock, ran five miles and made, made my breakfast and got ready for my day. I say that to let you know that it was a lifestyle that I was willing to sacrifice for. I tell you guys this because I believe that, that many of us here are, are, are wanting to experience the fullness of what God has for you. However, you haven't made it a lifestyle yet. You haven't walked your faith out enough to make it a lifestyle yet. And that's what we're here today to, to, to dig into. So the big idea for those of you, if, you're, if you take notes, if you're a note taker, we're going to take this, take this note real fast. And the big idea, the message in the sentence, if you will, for today's message is the Holy Spirit empowers us to live a lifestyle of worship. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live a lifestyle of worship. And let me, let me tell you what worship is not. And don't be, don't, I'm just the messenger. Don't, don't kill the messenger. I'm just the messenger. So as I share these things, don't, don't look up here at me and be like this, brother. I'm sharing what God has put on my heart and I'm just giving it to you how he gave it to me. Amen. Worship is not coming to church, checking the box and saying, I went to church. Worship is definitely not coming to, coming to church saying, I came, thinking about what you did last night and then preparing on what you're going to do later this afternoon. Worship is not coming here, not being present, but wanting to be here and act like you're here because you think it's cool to go to church. Worship is not posting on Instagram or social media a scripture and thinking that, there you go, I'm worshiping God. Ha, that's my faith. Let's go. This, that's not worship, family. I'm, I'm, I'm not coming here to burst the bubble. I pray I'm, I'm here to encourage you and to guide you closer to the cross. What worship is, I'm, I'm, I have a phrase I'm gonna, I want to share with you. What worship is, worship is an outward expression of your life, right? That's, that's what it is. So if, you, if, if that's what you're trying to do, people can see through that, right? Right, in reference to, to checking the box. But what, 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 what worship is, is it's an outward expression of your life. But what actual lifestyle of worship is the way you live and reflect the kingdom of heaven and God's worthiness in everything that you do. Amen? Can I get an amen in this, in this room? Amen? There we go. There we go. There we go. Um, if, you have, if you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Acts. It's in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Acts. And as we're referencing the Holy Spirit and needing the Holy Spirit in life and to guide us and encourage us and lead us and direct us, we need the Holy Spirit to live a lifestyle of worship. And there's two men we're going to talk about today who, who live that, that life. And it, to me, is the epitome of what it looks like in this specific story. We're going to be reading out of, out of Acts 16. But before we get there, these two men are, are Paul and Silas, Right? Paul and Silas, they're two disciples of Jesus. They're, they're on fire for Christ. They're walking around. They're walking around Macedonia. Actually, they're in the city of Philippi, which is the modern-day Greece, just so you guys kind of know the reference of where it's at. But they're walking around. They're, they're opening churches. They're sharing the gospel. And in doing so, there's a woman that they come across that she's, she's telling, telling fortunes. She's, she's kind of entertaining the spirit of divination, 
right? She's entertaining that spirit and she starts to kind of nag them and talk to them and, oh, you guys, what, you, what are you guys doing? It's, it's against Roman culture and Roman, all this stuff. And for days she's doing this until Paul, at some point, he's like, you know what? I have, I have had enough. Turns, casts the spirit out in and, and, and Jesus' name, right? And she's free. So she's free now. She's no longer, no, no longer living for the slaves, making the slave on her, her master's money. And they're upset now. They're like, hold on, hold on. My little cash cow, my little side hustle over here, she was making money for us and now she's no longer doing this. She's free. Who did this? So they find Paul and Silas. They bring them to the magistrates. Magistrates in this time were the chief officials, right? Just so you kind of get context of it. Bring them to the chief officials. Tell them what they're doing. Oh, they're, they're doing things that are against Roman culture, Roman rule, and, and they're, they're, the whole community is in an uproar. So these magistrates call them out. They say, okay, well, we're flogging them, flogging and whipping and you know, beating them. Ripped their clothes off, threw them in prison. So Paul and Silas are doing what God called them to do, and then they were persecuted for it, right? It goes on in the story to say about how they were let go, but we're, we're, we're going to dig into the persecution because that's, that's today's message. We're gonna, we're, and the story picks up in Acts, Acts 16, verse 25. You can read along with me or it'll be right here on the screen as well. It starts off with at about midnight. Stop, we can pause right there. About midnight, we, I believe Luke put this in the scripture on purpose because what happens at midnight? At midnight, if you're out on the street walking at midnight, something's wrong. Like, hold on, what are you doing just walking around at midnight for no reason? Like, not a lot of good happens at midnight, right? Out, outside anywhere. Sometimes married couples are like, hold on now, don't, hold on, <laughs> right? But anyway, you should be asleep too. But so about midnight, about midnight, and we're going to continue reading. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prisons were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer then woke up and saw the prison doors open. He drew his sword because he was about to kill himself because he just knew the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, for we are all still here. The jailer called the lights rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And he, he brought them out and asked them, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas were worshiping. They had, they had blocked their legs, which you, blocks are in those days, blocks are, it's a block of wood and there's a hole cut out for your feet and you're locked in there with your legs. They have chains on and blocked. So they're, no, they're not hanging out in prison. They're actually like, they're stuck. After being beaten, and they're pretty much naked, right? They have minimal clothes on. They're pretty humiliated. Even still, they're worshiping. The only way that that can happen is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So family, when, when you read the scriptures, there are three points I want to I focus on just real fast as we transition. Is that Paul and Silas were obedient to a fault. And it was not a fault of their own, but it was a fault of the lies that were, they were being persecuted about, right? Paul actually was a Roman citizen. They were saying he wasn't because of what he was doing, but he was actually a Roman citizen, so he was falsely accused from the jump. They were consistent to what they believed and who they believed in and worshiped in, the, in their pain. And then the supernatural happened, right? The chains fell, the prison doors opened up, and it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that they were able to do that. We're gonna jump into this. I'm gonna share, there's three things though that we may find it hard or difficult to navigate through and to worship in and through, right? As worship again is a reflection of your life. So the first point we're gonna dig into is the Holy Spirit empowers us to live a lifestyle of worship so that you can, so that we can 
worship in the pain. Everyone say worship in the pain. And, and, and that was a little, he's <laughs> like, hold on, I don't know about worshiping in the pain. That guy, it hurts, right? And it does, it does. How many of you guys, if you all feel like right now you're in a midnight season? You have some midnight things that are happening right now in your life. It's the darkest of the dark hour of the night. It's, that's what it's portrayed to be as. And there are some midnight elements of your life right now, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, financial, relational, some, 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 some tension points, some pain points that, you, that are not the, the, the plan and the will that you believe God has for your life. In this, in this story, Paul and Silas, again, are flawed. They are chained. They are hurt. They are in pain. And, and it kind of reminds me of, of this, the story when Jesus is actually, he's, he's thinking about his upcoming persecution. And he is, I, I can only imagine, right? I can only imagine. In Luke 22, verse 44, he's, he's in such anguish. Here, let's read it. He's in such anguish. He prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like, Drops of blood fall into the ground. That may not be physical pain yet, but that's mental and emotional pain, so much so that this brother is sweating blood. Jesus is sweating blood because he's in such agony of what's to come. I mean, there are a lot of things that, we're, that go on in our everyday lives. There may be some, some relationships that are strained, some marriages that, that may not be in the best space. Physically, you may be dealing with some things. But my, 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 my hope and my prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit would empower you to worship in the pain. Ooh, this is going to get real. This is going to get real, family, as we dig in through this, right? But before we do, it's going to be a little lighthearted. So um, I, was, I was teaching my daughter how to ride a bike a couple years ago. And in doing so, I, uh, I, as a parent, you think about your child and like it's, it pains me to see them hurt, right? But then for them, they're going to get hurt too because, you know, I mean, when you learn how to ride a bike, you fall, your foot gets twisted up and the whole deal, you know, you, there's all kinds of possibilities that could happen. So there, there's pain there, mental, emotional pain, but also physical pain in the moment. So matter of fact, you just take a look at the video. Pedal, pedal. This is my daughter. Are you riding by yourself? Oh, look at you. <laughs> You're okay. Ooh, that was a good one. Okay, 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 okay. Arden, I love you, girl. We can, we can clap. We can clap that up. Jesus. The reason I the reason I share this story, the reason I show you this video, is because at the end of the video, my daughter clap, wipes her hands off and says, "Let's go, Daddy." She says, "Daddy, let's go." Everyone, if you can just, just put your hands together like this and say, "Jesus, let's go." Jesus, let's go. I mean, in that moment, my daughter, that, that is the moment that she learned how to ride a bike. After that, there was no more falling. There was no more boom, bumps and bruises. She was like, okay, I, I felt that, but daddy, let's go. Hold on to, my, to the back of my chair, my, my seat one more time, and let's go. And I believe that's what God has in store for you all today. As you, as you dash your hands off and say, Jesus, let's go, the pain that you're feeling right now, God is going is is to walk you through to where you can press through, which brings me to my second point. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live a lifestyle of worship so that you can worship when you press through. And I say when you press through because you will make it through, right? Isaiah 43, 19 says that God will make a way in the wilderness and he will make streams flow in the desert. So if you are here right now and you believe that God's gonna do a mighty work in and through you, I want you to make some noise. You should clap to Jesus and say, let's go, God. Let's go, Lord. Make a way in the wilderness, Lord. 
Make the way in my wilderness because right now all I can see is trees. All I can see is trees. Acts 16, 26, in, that, in, in the story we're reading, there was such a violent earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken and at once all the prison doors flew open and all the, all the chains fell. Not just their chains, right? All the chains fell and all the doors were open. That was the miracle. That was a supernatural miracle that happened out of their obedience. But what do they do? They continue to worship. They continue to worship. They didn't run. Most of us, well, some, I'll just say some of us, some of us in here, if, if we were in prison and the chains and everything fell, the doors were open, we'd be like, uh-oh. Pew, and you just run. Right in that moment, in that moment, though, they were like, no, I'm worshiping God because he's the reason that all this is happening. So praise God. So family, let me, let me encourage you to worship when you press through. Worship when you press through. Don't think for a moment that, oh, this is me. I'm good. I got it. Thank you, God. Took long enough. Right? That's, that, heart, that heart posture kind of comes on every once in a while. And I'm here to let you know that how about, how about we worship through, through the, all that, right? If you're, if, you're, if you're on the hill, you're on the hilltop, yes, God is good. But when you're in the valley, God is also good. So why don't you worship in the valley and worship on the hilltop. Worship in the valley because he's there with you. <laughs> worship on the valley top because he's the reason you are there. So let's worship when you press through, amen? Worship when you press through. Which leads me to point number three, family. My wife and I, um, our journey to parenthood, if you've heard it before, our journey to parenthood wasn't as easy as people make it seem, right? And then we've, we had uh, challenges there. We had two miscarriages actually, and it was the, one of the most difficult seasons of our life. I love my wife and I can, and she approved of me sharing this right now, however, however, um, we were in a moment, in a space that like, God, are you serious? But you promised us. Then God showed up and as I said, we had three babies. So Jesus is faithful. But the reason I share this with you, we can clap that up. We can clap that up. But Jesus is faithful. He is so faithful that, that even in those moments, we were like, God, you, we, we have to worship. There's nothing else that we can do but worship. So much so that, that even similar to the story, as Paul and Silas were in prison worshiping, all the chains fell. Not just theirs, but all the chains fell. So that means the, the other prisoners were, were, were blessed by the overflow of Paul and Silas's worship. And I tell, you, I tell you the story about my wife and I because we were able to share the, our story, our testimony, mm, Jesus, with what God did in our lives. So Matt, family, there are multiple couples here in San Diego and across the nation that have, that have babies now because of us being able to share our testimony of what God did for us. For, so, for those of you who see, who are looking at me right now, you know who you are. I love you. It's a privilege for me to share with you. And may you continue to share with others as well. Amen? Amen. Families, Paul and Silas, they did exactly that. And the other prisoners were blessed too. So what testimonies do you have in your life that God has walked you through? Remember, family, our testimonies are not our own. Our testimonies are meant to be shared. Our testimonies are, are meant to be a, a, a segue, a guiding light for those who may be experiencing the same thing as you. So matter of fact, right now, if you are in that, in that space and you are a family, you are a couple who is, who is experiencing the same story that my wife and I, the journey that we walked recently, I, I just speak life over you. I speak just health and perfection and just 
the womb may have opened right now in Jesus' name. If you are here in this room, I pray that right now over you. And that God is no respecter of persons. Family, I'm, I'm telling you, trust me, this happened many a times over and over and over. And if God will do it for me, he will do the same thing for you. Amen? Amen. The Holy Spirit is what we need to be empowered by. Not self, not your spouse, not your friends or your family, or even your pastor, your mentor, but the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers you to live a lifestyle of worship. So if, if, your, if your life was a worship song, what would it say? What would that aroma be onto Jesus? Right? I remember I was, invi- I was invited to play in an all-star game, a national all-star game in college. And so I'm training the week of, I'm training the week of, and I tear my hamstring. I'm talking about family, I tear it. I feel like a fruit roll just rolled up in the back of my leg. And I was like, oh, Lord Jesus. So my, my, it was not, it was, it was, I was, I definitely responded a little different in the moment. I was on the ground, bawling my eyes out because I knew that this was going to be a, a, a long road to recovery. So if you know, if you've ever torn a muscle or, you know, strength, it's anything like to that degree, you know how difficult it is. So anyway, um, I'm, I share this, I share the, the, the news with my family and, and they already had bought a plane, their plane, their airfare, their hotel stays, their rental cars, their tickets to the game. And they're on their way, and I, there's no way I'm going to tell my family. So I don't. They come and well, they, they come and see me, and I'm walking around a little ginger, like because I, 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 I normally had crushes, and I was, and they knew something was up, but they never said anything. The night of the night before the game, I'm in my room, got my foot up on a on my bed, and I'm a bag of ice, a bag of ice under my leg. I'm just praying, and I'm just, I'm just like, Lord, can you do what only you can do? Can you do what only you can do in this moment, God? It doesn't look like I'm playing tomorrow, but I, I worship you anyway. I worship you anyway. Family, and as I'm praying, my mom knocks on the door. I didn't know it was her, and I was like, who is this at the door? So I go open the door, and it's my mom. I'm like, oh, okay, Jesus. Wow. She comes in with her Bible, and you know, your mom comes in with a Bible, it's business. She's like, what's happening? What's going on in here? I was like, uh-oh. I didn't, so she didn't know, but she, she came to me, she said, son, I know something's going on. What's, what's going on? So I limped back to my bed and put my leg up on my ice, and she comes over to me, and she sees me, and she just says, uh, she just says, rather than talking about what happened, she just says, son, you know what it took for you to get here? You know what it took for you to get invited to, the, to one of the elite levels of, of, of playing sports and to be invited to the All-Star game? You know what it took for you to be here? You remember those early morning runs when you would wake me up? You remember those ice baths that I would go to the store and grab you bags of ice and, and dump it in the bathtub? And she went through all, she went through just story after story after story. And she said, remember son, that's what it took for you to get here. And she said, let's pray. Family, she opened her Bible up to Philippians 4. And in that moment, I was like, Lord, really? Like, come on, Jesus. 
holding it together with my mom because I don't want to be too much, right? But Philippians 4, 6, it says, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and watch what happens. Watch what he does, how he ministers, how he does what only he can do. Then she got up and walked, and walked out. And I was like, oh, that's it? So she leaves. I'm there. Fall, I fall asleep with my leg on a bag of ice and wake up with my leg up in a puddle of water. And I'm just like, Lord, like, I'm here. This is it. So whether you want me to play or not, if I'm going to play, God, I'm going to give it everything I got. And if, it, if, it, if I can, I will. But if I, if I won't, it's okay. I give you all the glory, God, in advance, Jesus. Family, I get up out of bed. And my leg, I, just, no, I can't feel it. You know, I'm thinking it's numb. The Lord 100% healed my leg. 100% healed my leg. Family. Jesus. Jesus. Family, when I tell you my leg was messed up, it was swollen so much so that it was purple. My, my knee was swollen up because all the blood was rushing down. All the pain went. The, the swelling was gone. And I, I, I didn't believe it. I said, hold on, Lord. Are you serious, Lord? I'm like, oh. So I get up and I'm wiggling. I'm like, oh, Jesus. So I was like, hold on. I still don't believe it. I went out in the hallway of the hotel. I went out to my hotel room, went out to the hall, hallway, went out there. And I started running around just to make sure, just to test it out. I was like, Lord, it is good. It is good, Lord. And I got back to my room and just screamed out and said, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, God. The reason I tell you this story, family, is because God wants to do what only he can do in your life as well. There are pain points in your life. There are things that hurt for me in that space. But when he broke through, I still worship. I mean, oh, that was, I didn't know at the time, but that ended up being the last game I ever played in. And I share this story with you because the, the last point is to worship with others. So how, is the, how are others around you benefiting from what God is doing in your life? So my, my roommate was in the, in the it was in my room and he was like, what's that going on out there, T? I said, man, you thought I wasn't going to play. God, he made a way. And I also told God that whenever you gave me the opportunity, I would share with the world about what you did in my life and how it would bless you and benefit you. So I'm right here on this stage here today to let the world know that Jesus is king and he is here to walk you through whatever pain you're going through, wherever you need worship. You can stand to your feet right now and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords because he is good and he is worthy to be praised. Amen, amen, amen. Let's go. Let's go, Jesus.